What's happening, fam? It's your boy Sherrod, and welcome to another podcast episode of Behind the Grind, powered by Sherrod Speaks, where each episode I have a conversation. I go behind the scenes to talk to individuals like you and I that are making impact with their influence and making change happen in the places around us. My goal is to encourage, to inspire, to motivate, give you everything that you need, the faith, the fuel, the ammunition, whatever it takes to get you on your journey as you push through and grind through behind the grind. Let's go. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sharon Schuler, and as always, I'm so glad that you are listening and you're tuned in again this week to another conversation that we're sharing right here on Behind the Grind. We say it each week, it's our goal to bring you real conversations from real people like you and I that are about their grind. And this week, I'm excited to actually bring a professional, an expert right here to Behind the Grind. I have someone that knows a little something about maximizing productivity in your entrepreneurial life, in your business life, in your career, in your uh, athletic life, maximizing your time, right? Uh, I have an individual that is an expert, and so we've asked him to join us here on Behind the Grind, to sit behind the grind seat so that we can inquire on the tools and the systems that he uses and that he teaches and he helps other individuals use in order to be productive, but yet not spend all their time uh, maximizing their time well, utilizing their time well with the systems that he has offered, some philosophies that he is using. And I think it will be beneficial. You know, here on Behind the Grind, we talk a lot about leadership. And so most of you who are listening, I know your leaders, whether it's in, again, whether it's in your ministry, whether it's in your nine to five, whether it's in your entrepreneurship, athleticism, uh, your nonprofit, whatever it is that you're working on, we know that you're a leader. You could even be a leader in your family. But the truth of the matter is, regardless of what leader or what role you play in leadership, there's an important part about learning how to lead yourself. And one component of leading yourself is learning how to manage your time, managing you and your time, right? Managing how to get things done. And so as you can tell by the title, uh, Done by Noon, may have drawn you here today to listen, but it's a good uh, concept and a good thought process to think about. How can we utilize our time, be productive, but still have enough time, right, to be effective in our family lives, in our personal lives, in all the other endeavors that we do? We're not one dimensional, right? We don't just work. We don't just work on our craft. We don't just work in our business. We actually have other aspects of ourselves. And so we want to make sure that we're able to uh, be fully productive in all areas of our lives that we don't burn out none of those things and so my goal here on behind the grind is to bring you some tools bring you some people some individuals that can help you right in your grind in your journey in your entrepreneur journey in your business journey and again in your nine to five journey someone that will help you and so this week I'm excited to share you share with you you know we've gotten back into the full swing of things in most areas in this country right we're back at it we're back to the full-time uh, grind we're back Back to the full-time hustle. And so I think it's appropriate that we share right here in this fourth quarter uh, this message. And we want to share with you how to get things done. 
get it done, get it done by noon uh, with my very special guest. Listen, without further ado, let me introduce my guest. Let me share him with you right here on Behind the Grind. Let's get it. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler, and I am so excited today to bring you a conversation. I think it's going to be necessary, right? This program is called Behind the Grind, and I've got somebody in the grind seat that's going to help us balance this grind out and give us a little more uh, ways of being productive, ways to uh, balance out that and still be, uh, I guess I should say, still perform and produce while also being able to balance our life. And so today I've got a special guest in the grind seat today. So with that being said, let me just tell you a little bit about my guest. My guest, David Royal, is the former competitive physique athlete turned serial entrepreneur, author, speaker, leadership mentor. After founding and growing his multi-million dollar online company in the field of health, fitness, and sports nutrition for nearly a decade, Dave saw a dark side of entrepreneurship gradually robbing him from his freedom, leaving him burnt out and unfulfilled. Refusing to to confront the broken business culture that promotes workaholism, nonstop hustle, David created a sustainable structure and system for his life and business to reclaim his freedom without sacrificing the growth of his company. Fueled by his passion for entrepreneurship and human performance, he launched I hope I'm saying this correct, Effect. 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 There we go. Effect, an innovative leadership development company that helps businesses, entrepreneurs maximize their impact and freedom. Following his efficient first philosophy for entrepreneurship, productivity, and performance, David developed a powerful methodology that sums up the best-selling book, Done by Noon, How to Achieve More by Noon Than Other Entrepreneurs in Full Day. You know, without further ado, let me welcome my guest to Behind the Grind. Welcome to Behind the Grind, David Ruel. Thanks, Sarah. How are you, man? Doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm excited about our conversation today. Um, You know, I'm just excited about, you know, some of the things that you've done and some of the things that you've accomplished. And so I would love to uh, share some of these uh, mythologies and philosophies and all of these good things with my audience to help us to be more productive, especially those entrepreneurs listening today. So before we get far into uh, all that, is there anything that I left out? Can you tell my audience a little bit more about you? <laughs> no, man, that was a very complete, uh, complete bio for sure. So, you know, no, I, I've been, you know, I've been uh, an online entrepreneur for the past 14 years. So I'm, uh, I've, been, I've been there 14 years in internet life equals to like 167 in real life, I think. It's like forever, um, and um, yeah, you know, I think I think I, I made all the, as you said, you know, I made I made some mistakes along the way regarding my 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 own leadership, my leading myself as an entrepreneur. Uh, although I, I came from, uh, you know, although I came from a, a performance background, sports performance background, uh, you know, I still made these mistakes until I realized really like the, the key point for me was I realized that okay, well you have to manage yourself like an athlete, like entrepreneurship and sports are uh, very similar. I I always say entrepreneurship is a sport and you have to treat yourself like an athlete if you want to perform, but it starts with you, you know. If you have a team, you know, you're 
you your responsibility in order for make your team better is to focus on making you a better leader like leading yourself better and then you can be a better teammate and you can be a better leader for your team and uh you know that's the way we see it it's part of our philosophy too and um uh, yeah, you know, so I developed systems for myself. I uh, was, was lucky enough to develop, you know, multiple uh, very successful companies over, over the past, uh, past decade, decade, decade plus. And, um, and yeah, then I started coaching in 2016 when I sold my last company in 2016. Um, I had no intention of going, like of developing Epic at the time, but I realized that all entrepreneurs that I was coaching needed a structure in order to manage themselves properly and lead themselves properly. So I started, you know, sharing my my own systems that I had developed for myself, and um, you know, they were started getting great results. And little by little, we started standardizing everything. The Epic Planner was born, uh, and then obviously, like the book, in order to share the full methodology uh, with uh, with the world, came out, became an Amazon bestseller, and. Uh, and yeah, here we are now talking about it. Oh, man, this is good stuff, man. Listen, you know, I grew up in Michigan, as I was telling you a little bit before. I'm currently in Georgia. And we grew up in a, you know, a blue collar. I grew up in a blue collar environment, you know, and it was all about work, 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 and do all the, yeah. as much as you can. And it's kind of the hint of why we started behind the grind, because there's some value, obviously, in work. But some of us go hard at it, you know, and, and it gets to a point where it becomes off balance. We start... Uh, you know, having hiccups in the family, hiccups here, hiccups there. How did you come about with this philosophy uh, done by noon? How did you get to this point? <laughs> so, you know, like, here's the thing. I always say, done by noon, this book, it's it's a leadership book disguised as a productivity book. Okay. <laughs> and, 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 you know, because when you read the title, like, what's going to appeal to you is that it's something you don't have, which is more than likely time. Yeah. And I always say, like, time comes from, like, the lack of time or the lack of space um, comes from poor self-management, comes from poor self-leadership. And um, that's what we teach you in the book. Obviously, we give you, you know, st- a structure with strategies and some tactics as well. But don't think about it. Like, I think this is the big mistake that people do when it comes to productivity is that they think that collecting a bunch of hacks will make them productive. And it just doesn't happen like that. If you work out, collect, like putting a bunch of exercises together won't make a program. You know, it needs to make sense. It needs to, it needs to go to be in line with your, your goals. You know, if you, if you do things like just to boost your cardio, but you want to build muscle, for example, while well, maybe like, you know, it could be part of it, but you need the right sequence in order to get there, right? So, and it takes time too. So, we show you that that structure. We we establish, you know, we establish as well. I think um, we give you really like tools to be more self-aware, to understand how you operate as an entrepreneur, because we we're not that different. I think you know we all have our own context and and ways of doing things, but ultimately. We all do the same things, right. and uh, and you know, done by noon. Really, like it's 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 a learning to understand how to really prioritize and optimize. Uh, we ha- what we call the four types of entrepreneurial tasks that that we show you how to, you know, maximize and optimize and 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 uh, and proactively uh, proactively plan, you know, uh, within your schedule. So you can be done by noon if you want, but you know, we make a big case as well about your own um your own perception of work you know your own 
we, we perceive work. That's why we don't use the work, work, work life balance. Like we actually say, like, you know, we don't believe in that. We talk about work life harmony because we don't see work and life as an entrepreneur as two competing forces. Yeah. We see them as partners. We see them as, you know, they, they live together. And it's like a dance, right? You have two partners and sometimes one takes the lead, sometimes the other one takes the lead. And that makes it a beautiful, you know, harmonious, you know, piece of art. And, uh, and that's the way we see it. And, you know, we said about working hard too. We kind of buzz that myth too. It's like, you know, listen, that's the thing. People are going to say, oh, no, don't work hard. Don't work smart. Just work smart. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you know, that's the thing. Here's, here's the truth. You will have to work hard. Like working hard is a given. Nothing comes easy. So what you're saying is I can't take out working hard at all. Is what you're saying? No, but I mean, you, you, working hard is a given. Sometimes it depends what 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 you know, the season of your life. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're gonna have to work a little bit more. Sometimes like there's more time for relax to, to relax. I mean, it's summer here. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm obviously not working as much as I am probably in the winter because it's contextual. You know, it, it cycles, but. You have to learn that, you know, you go to the gym, like you're not getting great results if you go half. Right. You know what I mean? If right. you just lift, lift baby weights, you're not going to get great results. Like, right. let's, be, let's be honest. Like, some people will make you think that you can do it, but it's not true. You know, working hard is a given. Working smart as well. Not working smart is actually not smart, you know, because it, you, need to work, you need to work smart. I mean, it, it's just a given too. You know, you need to learn. But working smart is not finding hacks. It's understanding how to refine the process, how to, you know, really optimize what you have and make it and, and, and apply it to your own ambitions and your own context. That's why we talk about working right. The concept of working right. Based, work right for your ambitions. Work right for your capacity. Work right for, uh, you know, your own context. You know, if you're a single dude, Right. And I'm a father of five kids. Well, guess what? Our, 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 our schedule will be very different. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people just take advice from people who are in a specific context. It works for them, but it doesn't. The methodology or the systems that they provide don't offer that flexibility. And that's what we take into account, you know, with the ethic methodologies that listen, you need to structure. Here's the structure. Mm-hmm. Here's what you can play with, but you are responsible of filling it in based on your own context. So once you identify the four types of tasks and all every single entrepreneur has them, now you can start moving them, you know, in your schedule and start optimizing, you know, uh, start optimizing with time. And uh, it works. You know, this is how that's the set. That's the truth. You know, you're not going to get six pack by just buying the gizmo the next the latest you know gadget on the late hour infomercial you know you're gonna get the six pack by eating right exercising right supplementing right for weeks and probably months if not years man i'm so glad that you cleared that up because again um it, it is it's enticing i love the title and it is enticing it gets you reading it it gets you an opportunity to read it but you're right it is about actually being more efficient in, in the way that you work and the way that you, you go over. And like, I like how you said, you've got to handle is not that work-life balance as we've been always taught. It's about having that rhythm of working together. And I think, I think it sounds like a lot of the things that you're sharing, it helps us through that and through that process. And I even noticed that you have a, um, not only is it just a book and a best-selling book at that, 
you also have a planner, right? So people can, um, and, I, and I love planners, but I like good planners. Yes, <laughs> yes, I like good planners. And so I'm like perusing a little bit about this planner. Can you tell us a little bit about how this planner works and how it's just different than your standard, you know, drugstore planner? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, obviously, like the, it's it it really is a practical extension of of the epic methodology mm -hmm. so everything that you need in order to apply it to your daily life is there in the planner and, and we have built a physical planner so a paper planner and on purpose mm -hmm. because we want you to work with the physical constraint of the a physical environment okay. and here's the thing you can go online and jam as many tasks as you can in the planner for me it's not working in your if it doesn't fit in my planner it does not it doesn't follow my lap and here's the thing, like, because, and here's the truth, more than often, when, especially when you start, you will have more tasks than you can actually fit in your planner. And that's a perfect opportunity for you to teach, to learn how to not only manage yourself better, manage your time better and your energy and your attention, but also delegating, outsourcing, automating the proper way and finding and understanding that it's not like a plug and play. Yeah. It, 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 you will plug it into your life, but you will need that discipline, that consistency in order to make this work. And we brought like every single thing that are in this planner are inspired by physical, by sports performance, you know, load management, periodization, rest and recovery, everything's there. So we put, we put that, if you want, like in it within the, the planner, the main thing right. that the load management in sports performance is huge. <laughs> and uh, you, it's really understanding the, the demand, so the workload that you have and how you will manage that to have sustainable performance, all right? And if you follow the NBA, Kawhi Leonard was actually one of the, 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 the guys who really popularized that. He brought actually, you know, the trophy to Canada, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did. What year was that? What, was that 2018? That was 20, 20, uh, so yes. yeah, so he he <laughs> he brought it back to Canada and uh, was twenty nice. Wait, yeah, twenty. Uh, hold on. Okay. Yeah, part of it. Anyway, uh, but load management was a big part of it because he had been injured, you know, for the past few years, mm -hmm. and uh, and when he got traded to uh, to Toronto, people were like, well, you know, it's a he's a Finnish player, whatever. But they started a load management program with him and. He was, he was never playing back-to-back, -back, for example. Never mm -hmm. playing back-to-back -back games. Uh, he sat down for, you know, I, I think, 20-something games during the year. Mm -hmm. and, but the thing is that when came the time to unlock top performance, he was ready. And yeah. he was an absolute beast in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. you know, he almost broke uh, Michael Jordan's records. I mean, he was... And if it wasn't for him, there would be no cup in, 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 uh, in Canada, right? That was the, the first professional sports trophy that... Canada got since the 1993 Montreal Canadiens, which is my team. You see, like, I got a jersey in the background right there. But uh, they almost did it this year. They went into uh, they did the, went against the, the Lightning in the Stanley Cup Finals. Unfortunately, they won. They lost. Why you're saying? While you're saying that, go ahead and let my audience know where you're where you're from. I didn't get a chance to mention that. Oh, I mean, I'm in your brands with Canada, right? So, yes. I'm, uh, yeah, okay. I'm in the Maritimes. <laughs> yeah, you might notice my French is actually my first language, so that's why if you're wondering why where my weird accent is coming from, this is where it's from. Um, but you know, yeah. So obviously, uh, anything Canadian yeah. is good. But but when you talk, uh, let, let's go back to load management for a second, and I think that's this is one of the pieces that that entrepreneurs struggle with, you know, managing their workload. And we, um, we use um, 
we use an analogy, we call a, a process called the productive action process. And it's based of, you probably shared, heard about the pickle jar theory, the big rocks, the small rocks in the yeah. sand. And, and, and uh, Stephen Covey uh, popularized that, that methodology in the 80s, didn't invent it, but really like put it on the map, especially in, in an entrepreneurial background. But he did that for like prioritization. Um, when I saw that, I was like, well, this is exactly the way I would structure a workout program. You know, you understand what the goal is, then you create like a 90 day plan and then you create a daily, you know, a, a weekly, uh, a weekly routine. And every single day you're doing specific exercise with specific reps. And that's, that's the way I saw it. It's like, and it fits together when it's done right. You have the right amount of rocks, the right amount of sand, of small rocks of sand, and it fits. And I took this, it was a game changer for me because I took this analogy and started managing my workload just like I would do managing my, my workout load. Yeah. And uh, so the big rocks, so you have, we work with what we call buckets. So the bucket is a project. And each project has four big rocks that attach to them. Those are the key milestones. And to reach okay. that milestone, you need to perform you know, a maximum of five small rocks, so tasks that you need to, uh, our actions in order to reach this milestone. And um, you have, um, so you have a maximum of, you have 20, a maximum of 20 small rocks if you want per uh, project. If you have a, and a maximum of three buckets per quarter, that leads to 60 priority actions per quarter that you have. You take into account that you have 90 days into, in a quarter, uh, you're not, probably not going to work every day. Some, uh, and, and knowing that some small rocks might take two days to perform. Um, you can now understand the workload you can actually, uh, you know, lift that you can carry within this quarter. And mm -hmm. the thing is, uh, a lot of people will just overload their buckets the first you know, quarter, thinking that they can take on more. <laughs> it's like going to the gym and you think you're stronger than you really are. And especially the first times, and then you, like, you have a little bit of weight under the bar. You're like, I thought I was stronger. I thought I was a man. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's a humbling thing, and but it happens. And then you have to adjust, and you have to review the the amount of work that you thought you could do, and you realize that okay, well, if I do this work, here's I'm going to have this workload for this quarter. I'm going to do it right, and then it's going to build to the next thing, and then the next thing. You know, you cannot do everything at the same. Uh, at the same time and doing that builds self-awareness you understand yourself better and you under, and you see progress you can quantify this progress over time and understand how to work better so if you're telling me like oh this is the goal you're not setting stupid unrealistic goals anymore because you understand that if right. i do that i'm going to get crushed and nothing's going to get done and i'm going to burn out so it really helps you like manage your, your workload. And that, that's one of the key components about the, the planner, you know, that, that entrepreneurs really, really like because you instantly, pretty much, not instantly, but that gives you the framework in order to, to control your workload. And from there, you adjust based on your context. Well, let me see. I, I can kind of hear uh, some of these uh, individuals that are listening right now probably saying, well, I hear you. I hear what you're saying and I hear what's going on, but you don't understand my world. Right. You know, you don't you know, you're talking about sports here and you're talking about maybe that entrepreneurial lifestyle here. 
But does your philosophy work for everybody? Is it something that that people beyond just entrepreneurs could use in their life, or is it strictly for entrepreneurs yeah, to balance you, their life? You you can you can use it. I have non entrepreneurs use it, especially if you have projects, always projects on the go, things like that. That will help. That will bring structure. Mm-hmm. Um, the the effect methodology is for entrepreneurs. So for people okay. who are have their own business, you can use okay. that. But that's the thing. More and more. We work with more and more companies who actually equip their employees with the methodology and the planner. So reason being is that since the pandemic, like, you know, a lot of companies actually like, you know, we, with, with uh, remote work, uh, a lot of employees need to create their own schedule and create their yeah, own they're routine. Almost like a little, they're almost like a little entrepreneur now, you know, in some cases. Yeah, they're, they're entrepreneurs <laughs> that, you know, they're, they're yeah. entrepreneurs. And the thing is that, they need to learn the same skills that entrepreneurs have or had, you know, to implement in the business. Yeah. So that's the interesting part now is that the methodology now is being applied to employees. But that's the beauty of things that, and I always say to employers, the more power you're going to give or the more flexibility you're going to give, but the more power you're going to give to an employee over his workload and his, uh, his, his uh, time management, as long as you make very clear what your objectives are and where he's going, you're going to get better performance mm-hmm. from that employee. And guess what? This employee will be happier and will be more productive. Mm-hmm. And and it works, you know. So now we're, I think, you know, hopefully more and more employers will look at the ethic methodology and say, okay, well, let's use that as the framework to really bring my employees to uh, to uh, to become great entrepreneurs. And uh, and you're gonna see you're gonna see great results. So we're seeing that quite a bit, and I think uh, I, I get a lot more students now as well using that. Because here's the thing: entrepreneurs now they're pushing students to make their own decisions, make their own. You know, hey, I'm not gonna tell you what to do. You know, in in real life case scenario, you're not gonna be told what to do. It, these days are over now. You know, you need that creativity. You need that 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 being responsible. You need to be a good self leader. And, um, right. and, you know, we offer a framework for that. So we see actually students using the methodology quite a bit more because they have, you know, papers due and they have projects, et cetera. Yeah. So it helps yeah. them quite a bit. So, so the answer is that it is made for the entrepreneurial mi- mind and mindset and context, yes. but it also works in an entrepreneurial context, you know? Yeah. I think that's good that you broke that out, and I, I'm glad how you explained it because things are changing a little bit. You're saying, and in schools and in, in as employees, they're starting to pick up some task, and so this philosophy would definitely help because sometimes you don't have the the, the thing broken down specifically what you're supposed to do. You've got to manage that, and and the you know like you said, there's projects that still need to be completed, deadlines, all that kind of stuff, and being able to prioritize that and not burn yourself out is definitely important. Now let's talk about this. You know, I know there's some entrepreneurs, and they may not admit this, but some entrepreneurs may struggle with uh, procrastination, Mm -hmm. right? How does your methodology help with those individuals that struggle? You know, they're getting to a place in maybe in their business where, you know, hey, I'm procrastinating this, that, and the other. How does your philosophy help? Uh, I think if you're procrastinating is that you're not emotionally attached to your goals. You know, I I think, I think, motivation should never as an entrepreneur if you have a problem with motivation um i, I would maybe reconsider being be, being an entrepreneur because or i would reconsider maybe the, what you're trying to do because usually an entrepreneur will not have any problem motivating himself as long as he's 
emotionally involved into, uh, into what it's trying to do. And uh, in the book, we, we actually ask you, that's part of, so we establish you know, the truth about entrepreneurship and how entrepreneurs operate and, and our, we share our, our, philosophies, our philosophy, but within the, in the method, the projection phase is number one. So the projection phase means that you will project yourself in the future and you will create a clear picture of where you want to go. What do you want in your life? What are your ambitions? Like, and we ask you to be very honest with yourself. Like don't, we don't, you can't sugarcoat it. You can't like answer, give us bullshit answers. Like the, the key is that be very, very clear on where you want to be. There's a problem in the world right now especially in the entrepreneurial world, it's called ambition appropriation. And ambition appropriation is when you take someone else's ambitions and make it make them their own, your own. And oh, and and, and the, all right, I never yeah. heard of that. And okay. the problem is that you will like look into your own ambition. You don't need to. Here's the thing: like success, you define success. Like as stupid mm-hmm. as it sounds, that's the way it is. Like it doesn't mean that. Mm-hmm. Success is not not necessarily having a million dollars in the bank account. Could be if it's in, within your standards and you know why you're doing that. It's not like owning Lamborghini, flying in jets. You know, those are the things that is fed with, like by shit Instagram accounts. Sorry, I'm I'm using the word BS too much, but uh, you know it, it's it, it is important that you connect yourself with a goal that is so that is emotional, where you can be emotionally attached to and that drives you, you know, something that is, um, that is better. So, you know, um, yeah, you know, just, uh, just, just, just align yourself. So we're offering you the tool, the framework to that. And, uh, yeah, sorry, the phone is ringing in the back. I, I, for, I usually, I, I usually, I usually unplug it when I record, but I forgot it. <laughs> Do you no. need to get that? <laughs> You're my number one priority, my friend. I, Awesome. Listen, so uh, so you, you tie that in well, and that's kind of the philosophy of behind the grind, right? It's, it's what fuels you, what drives you, what, you know, what gets you, you know, going, and especially for an entrepreneur, it's important to have that, you know, what it is that drives you, that keeps you going. And you're right, that helps to eliminate from that, that procrastination. Let's go on the other end of the uh, spectrum now to the people who are just doing, feel like they have to do it all, right? You feel like, you've got to do this, you got to do that. And if you're not involved in that process, uh, you feel like you're losing control. But at the same time, it's burning you out. What would you say to that entrepreneur or that leader? So can you repeat the question again? Because I think I understood it right. I want to make sure I, I understand what you mean. Yeah. So basically, you know, there's some entrepreneurs that are, you know, this tied to everything, right? They're involved in everything. They're trying to do it all. But at the same time, it's it's, it's hurting them. It's impacting them. It's causing them to uh, be over, you know, uh, overburdened with the with with the, the task and overburdened with their uh, um, with their business. What would you say to them and how do you help them, um, you know, come out of that? you know, doing it all mentality. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously this is, this is a big, big, big uh, problem within the entrepreneurial community. And I think it comes down to self-awareness. It comes down to self. Well, first of all, it comes down overall. It's, it's, it's just bad self-leadership. And, and I I divide self-leadership into three things. Uh, So self-awareness, understanding how you work. So we help you in the book, actually establishing some truth about, you know, the entrepreneurial mindset, the way the entrepreneurs think and work. Like, we're very, very similar on many, many things. Right. Okay. Self-discipline. 
and uh, self-respect. So self-discipline is the ability to actually discipline yourself to do what needs to be done and, and, and working that work-life harmony that I talked about. I talked about. But self-respect is also respecting, as I said, your ambitions, but respecting your capacities, respecting your desires, your workload, your own context, which is very important. You know, we're not offering a cookie-cutter solution right here. We're offering a, a framework that you can plug your life and your business into and adapt it to your own context. That's very important. That's pretty much your most important things. If you don't adapt it to your context, you, you you're not living your your you know, your life the way you should be doing. So it's very important that you understand that and um, understand too that, listen, you can play solo for the rest of your life if that's what you want to, but I don't want you to complain that you don't have time and that you're burnt out and everything like that. Like delegating, outsourcing, automating are, are something normal and essential for business growth. If you if and, and you know what? If you want to be a solopreneur, again, that's perfectly fine. Some people just love being done by themselves, doing their own things. That's amazing. But don't talk to me that you want to grow <laughs> or scale or do things like that that will require a team. You know, more than often yeah. when you're in business, you will need to become a great team player. But in order to become a great team player, you're going to need to lead by example and become a great self-leader. So always start with you and then you can become a great self-leader, which is another completely new skill set to learn you know and there's obviously great books on that things like that but start with you so become a great self-leader and then we give you some some you know some some advice on how to uh delegate and 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 automate and outsource properly we have a process a decision process that we map in the book right. called the doa process the doa map right. and um and it's going to give you clarity on why you should you you should uh what, what you should uh, delegate, outsource, or automate. But also, we, we, in the book, we have an exercise called the drifting cost. And it really shows you like the things you should be doing and should not be doing in your business. Because there are things that are actually, you, you think you're saving money, but it's actually costing you way more money. Uh, you know, you've heard about the opportunity cost, but it's a real thing. We call, we call the opportunity cost the drifting cost because we, 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 we add it, like we have a drifting map and you, the further you drift from your actual superpower, from the things yeah. that you do really well, well, the more, the bigger cost, you know, you, you're going to have. So uh, there's a little exercise that's super simple to do and it really shows you like, okay, well, yeah, that's costing me more money than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Listen, you know, I saw you have a beautiful family, uh, some beautiful girls there. Um, outside of the family, what else is your driving force? What drives your, what, what drives you and behind your grind? What gets you moving? <laughs> you know, as I said, like being emotionally involved to a goal, you know, being emotionally involved yeah. to something. Like for me, like what drives me, for example, with Epic, and I'm involved in, in different projects, but, you know, Epic, yeah. for example, the, the big thing is... I see entrepreneurs uh, as creative you know, powerhouses. I see them as practical artists that offer you know, practical solutions to the world problems. Yeah. So creative and practical problem solutions. solutions. We yeah. are. And the problem, a lot of us, like we play way under our capacities because we fail to lead ourselves. I think like so many great players didn't make it to the big leads because they had a hard time managing themselves. And the same thing in entrepreneurship. And I feel like the more we, I can enable entrepreneurs to actually lead themselves better, the more, like, I mean, 
the better, as tacky as it sounds, but the, 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 the better the world is going to be, you know, but I feel like it's, 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 it's something that really motivates me because I've been there and I know that, you know, when I, I played under my capacities, I was creating, you know, and, and, and I want entrepreneurs to create great work. There's a beauty into the creation of entrepreneurs, you know, and I'm talking about the real entrepreneurs, the one that actually create, not the ones that replicate some BS scheme that they will find on somebody who actually comes yeah. up and, and develops something. This yeah. is what entrepreneurship is all about. You know, yeah. entrepreneurship is yeah. create is creativity, applied creativity. And, 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 and you know what? Like, I think, I think a lot of entrepreneurs just give up or again, like play small because they just don't know how to. And, you know, for me, I found something that works that, you know, I, I, I did the mistakes I thought I was yeah. good. I did the mistakes. I understood things that were fundamental to my, my success. Like the fact that yeah. entrepreneurship is a sport and that the principles that, you know, I had applied to my life as, as, as yeah. an athlete, I, I can apply it to my, to entrepreneurship. And, um, and yeah, you know, so hopefully I'm going to make you make some people, you know, save, uh, save themselves from, uh, from all all that pain and uh, and, yeah. and and create great work, you know that's that's. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I love it. You know, you know, you were athlete, and now you're out. You know, creating such great planners, books. You've also got podcasts. You've got a lot of things going on that's really out here uh, to serve people, and that's one of the things that we like to bring on behind the grind, is individuals that are looking to serve other people. And it sounds like the the, the products and the services that you offer definitely help serve people and help them in, in solving a problem in their personal life as well as in their business life, which is awesome. But before we get out of here, I'm going to do, I always do these random fun questions type of thing. And so you luckily got uh, my random question with the wrestling. So you're going to have a few questions here and it's just either or yeah, man. <laughs> either or, and you just choose which person, let's just say you are developing a new wrestling federation who who knows right <laughs> and you get to choose one of the other one of these individuals to be the the, the face the the yeah. guy who you want on there and just quickly tell us why and i'm going to give you four different uh scenarios so the the first one is stone call stone cold, stone cold stephen austin or the undertaker who do you got wow dude <laughs> undertaker undertaker real quick sustainability why? Longevity. The next longevity. I love it. The next person, Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair? Woo! <laughs> and why? You know, although the guy made all the mistakes and all, like, I mean, he beat himself up. I mean, but he, I don't know, he figured out a way to still be there. Uh, and and yeah. he brought he made it fun for people so yeah, yeah. oh he was excited it's, to i mean yeah rick man, <laughs> just a legend yeah i, I don't yeah rick flair. rick flair awesome all right the rock or muncho man randy savage oh the rock man the rock oh man oh, Dude. Muncho man. <laughs> listen man matt i mean Macho Man, Randy Savage, I loved it, was entertaining, was the best, but uh, like he just mismanaged his health mm. in the most like terrible way. He died from a heart attack early on, I mean, you know, driving his car, which is terrible. I think The Rock, um, you know, The Rock, 
The Rock is a positive, you know, figure, yeah. influence figure. I mean, he's the ultimate yeah. dude. Everybody wants to be The Rock, yeah. and uh, and you know, I think like he he bring that level. He really displays that level of discipline and commitment. Yeah. Um, he, he shares his mistakes. He knows, and he he shares that a lot with people, right? So he's a he's a great indirect mentor to a lot of people. And yeah. you know what? Like he's a guy got a lot of respect for. So yeah, yeah. obviously The Rock. Awesome. We'll take it. We'll take it. And the last one, yeah. this one's a reach here, but Triple H or Sting, who you got? Paul Levesque, <laughs> Triple H, you know, I think, I, yeah, I, I, like, you know, he, he, he brought, I mean, yeah, he definitely like when you talk, think about leadership, I think about uh, Triple H as, as a figure, obviously Sting, I mean, nothing but respect for the, the athlete. But when I think about another level and any level of influence, I think about Triple H. So yeah, definitely Triple H. Marrying Stephanie McMahon helps, obviously, but you know the guy. Uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah Triple H. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, helping me through that and humoring me through that process. I really enjoyed your answers and, and how you how you selected and went about your approach. I love my eighties and nineties wrestling, buddy. <laughs> All right. Before we get out of here, of course, uh, you, again, you have a dynamic website, but I do want you to, to, to tell our listeners how they can go about learning more about you, learning more about the programs and processes you have and how they can follow you. If you could tell us. Yeah. So, uh, epic.co, E F F I C.co. Uh, if you want to take a look at what we do at, uh, at, at Epic. Um, and, uh, you can go to, uh, donebynoonbook.com. We're still handing away free copies right now. So you can go grab a copy and, uh, and yeah, we still got a few, few hundred copies left, I think. So, um, yeah. So, uh, donebynoonbook.com and, uh, just hit me up on social media, Instagram at daveroyal.com. And, uh, if you have any questions, I'm always here. Man. All right. Well, you guys heard it today. We gave you a way, we gave you practical ways to manage as entrepreneurs, how to handle it all, how to get through it all. And uh, if you pick up the book, you'll learn a little bit about how to be done by noon uh, with my guy, David Royal today. So uh, with...